Welcome to the show, Miss Leah Haddon Watts. I am so excited to have you. Um, Tiffany is away. She is visiting her dad right now. And I thought this was an amazing opportunity to invite Miss Leah on the show to share all about her incredible journey. Um, you are such a beautiful soul and you are so strong. I am just like in awe of you and your journey. So um, yeah, I want you to just share a little bit about who you are and your experience and sure. whatever you want to share with our beautiful viewers and listeners. Sure. So thank you so much, yeah. Kristen. And I feel the same. Likewise, just such a beautiful soul. My mom and I always say that. Aww. Just love you. So thank um, you. But yeah, thank you for inviting me on here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I was born and raised in Maple Ridge, just like you, were you born and raised here as well? Um, so I was born New West okay. and then started Pit Meadows and then I made my way to Maple Ridge. So the Ridge. Okay. a little bit after the thought, okay. after the fact. Yeah, I was born at Ridge Meadows Hospital. Ooh. So, yeah. Full Maple Ridgean, yes. like what I like to call it. Yeah. Okay, you know what I just realized? Everybody, I have to turn the fan off because it's going to be, it's going to be loud. Okay. Okay, we can keep going. Sure. Um, so yeah, I was born and raised out here. I went to Yenadin Elementary School um, and then I went to Thomas Haney um, or Garibaldi Thomas Haney, Maple Ridge Secondary, and then back to Thomas Haney. Wow. Kind of jumped around a bit. Um, <laughs> fell a year behind when I was in high school. Um, I was a super stoner. Oh and my God. at Thomas Haney, as you know, it's work at your own pace. So, but I managed to catch up and kind of, that was one of these things I proved to myself and my parents um, by going back to Thomas Haney. Graduated from there and then was in a relationship just outside of graduating and was in that relationship for three years and it was a roller coaster wow yeah very very up and down and really loved this person but in the end had to learn a lot about myself um and then when i was 21 years old was um, and i can get into this more after but i'm just kind of yeah. doing a quick thing here um is that yeah, so I went away for a weekend with guys I didn't really know too well. And I was in this party, party phase of my life, just living it up. Uh, Invincible. Exactly. No cares. No, not a clue. Really interesting. And then um, the guys that were in the vehicle with me were targeted um, in gang retaliation and uh, vehicle pulled up beside us when we were leaving from this weekend away that we were on and um, there was a few gunmen and I ended up getting shot in my right shoulder and the bullet um, traveled into my spine, severing my spine, leaving me as a quadriplegic. So at that point, it's like everything I thought I knew about life and this experience um, shattered. In, in a second so 
from, and that was 11 years ago, August 14th will be 11 years. Um, and I spent five and a half months at Hitachi. August 14th? Yeah. Wow. So it's coming up. Yeah, right around the corner, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, and I spent five and a half months in the hospital a lot longer than most other people who go through or get a spinal cord injury, although everyone's is unique. Um, so I spent five and a half months in the hospital with some crazy complications, which I'll, I can get into all that after. And um, and then I was at GF Strong and then was actually very nervous to come home. Um, I got, it was basically like being institutionalized. I got so comfortable being in mm. these walls that I was in that I didn't almost want to come home when it was time. I wanted to leave. But I wanted to have left my expectations where I was going to walk out of there. Wow. Right? Um, which didn't happen. Yeah. So, and then these last 11 years have just been growing and healing on every level. Wow. Spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. So. Insane. Yeah. Insane journey. Yeah. Wow. And a lot of pain, a lot of emotion physical pain that I still get but emotional even spiritual pain to go through like thinking why me why this um and when my accident first happened I remember thinking like like god why didn't you just take my life like mm -hmm. you you literally pretty much you know at least within my own physical body it felt like he had taken everything except I was just breathing and I was a soul in emotionless body Wow. Yeah. And those that first little bit in ICU was a trip because, you know, they get you on morphine and all these things. And um, I think even like certain antipsychotics, they had me on just in, in case, I guess, coming out. They didn't know what I would have remembered about the accident, which I remember everything. It's a little fuzzy today, but, yeah. you know, I do remember. And so it, w it was just a really... Um, yeah, it, my whole view of the world and everything. Shattered in a second. Yeah. Like, what did you feel? Like, <clears throat> going back to that moment, you know, you're like that young girl going mm -hmm. out, getting ready, so excited for a weekend away. Yeah. Just living, you know, by the seat of your pants, pack up, make up all the stuff, getting mm -hmm. beautiful, going to be around different energy, different guys, you know, yeah. just living that free spirited life of whatever you want to do. Yeah. And then you're in that car. Like what went through your mind in that moment? Um, in that moment when I was shot and I was slumped over, well, first I saw the car pull up beside us and guns pointed. I was in the back. Um, there was five of us. So there was the driver, the person in the front passenger seat, and I was in the back in the middle, so like I really was the most, um, I didn't really have an exit, right? Like, and it just all happened so quickly. And I remember looking and being like, oh, fuck. Like, and then I was like, please no, please no. And the person that was driving hit the gas pedal and then gunmen, I guess they surrounded the vehicle, whichever way and bullets were flying. going flying through. Um, and then, the driver kind of 
drove off and hit like a boulder that was in the hotel parking lot. <clears throat> so we didn't even get that far. But it was, it was just crazy because it was like the busiest time of day in one of the busiest places in the summer in BC, um, you know, in Kelowna. The cop shops across the road, you know, there were so many things like Holy shit. who did this. Why would they do that then? Did they know there was girls in the car or didn't they? Like there was so much that was like this shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. but it did yeah and then in those moments after when I was slumped over on my girlfriend you know I could s- I remember seeing bullets going through or like you know it's almost like when they slow down a movie and you see the bits of upholstery like going yeah like the, the dust and everything yeah, it was all like that and Holy I could shit. see like certain like bodily fluid and things it was just like but it happened quick, right? And then there was people on the scene. I could hear them saying like, oh, and I couldn't talk at first. There's nothing at all. coming out. And there was nothing coming out. And I think because of where I was injured, it affects my breathing. So I can't get like, um, I can't cough fully. So I have like my diaphragm, but I don't have my obliques and like, okay, you know, those core muscles. So I think it just like took my breath away and I was like, at first I was like, did I get like shot in the head? Like I was confused. I'm like, no, I'm thinking still. But then I was like, oh my God, I'm a vegetable. Cause at first it's like, I was just in shock and I couldn't move my mouth or anything like that. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And I remember the driver looking back and me and my girlfriend and he's looking around, like you could see him just trying to like what what next what to do next right yeah like what panic yeah sheer panic like all of us were in um and then i heard the first responders i think it was firefighters and they were saying okay this girl she's been shot in the shoulder and i'm thinking she's like she's laying down in the back and there, because the other girl was sitting up um and i remember thinking okay were they talking about me like yeah she's just been shot in the shoulder and i'm thinking I can't move. So sure. I knew that when um, the like paramedics got there that I had to tell them, like, be careful to move me. But I mean, the damage was done at that point anyways. Wow. And I just had no... And you still can't talk? I, at that point, I could. Like, I was, I was able a little bit, just very lightly able to talk. Were your friends saying anything? Like, did you... Screaming. Oh she was screaming. And I was just... I was more, I just went into like a survival mode <clears throat> of like, I need to just, wow. Um, I need to just get through this a couple moments. Like it was surviving one moment to the next is what all I could think of. And the funny thing is, not funny, funny, but um, I'd gone to a psychic um, a little while before my friend Tristan had passed Tristan Hogan okay. had passed and then I went to a psychic in April and she had said um, she's like you're going to be around a lot of doctors soon but eventually one day you're going to be okay and I figured like I told you I wasn't I had lost my period I just figured that's what it was but then so when I was shot I was like oh my god this is what she meant Everything. and it, it all kind of started making sense and then um, about six weeks before that, 
I remember just kind of saying out to, you know, the universe, God, just being like, you got to give me something to work with here. Like I felt so empty and I'll go get back to that. I was feeling so empty, like no purpose, but I was partying. I was doing drugs, a lot of drugs and partying and it just felt empty and I didn't know what so I was supposed to do. So when you were at the yoga do. studio, you shared that you remember being at like oxygen yoga and you were like in there and you were just like, I need something. Like I remember yeah. you sharing this with me yeah. a few years back. Yeah. Yeah. Being like just felt nothing like didn't feel like any purpose yeah like I was just going day by day and was questioned in a lot of things about life and was but I also wasn't like being fully authentic in the way of like I was partying and doing drugs of course yes I was doing yoga and all these other things that were good but it was like I was partying and doing drugs so yeah just distracting just yeah so it was just clouded and I almost didn't know how to get out and the partying and the drugs were kind of getting more and more over time slowly but surely it was still on the weekends but you know it was still my tolerance was going up and I could do more and more and so it was kind of like okay um something's got to change here but I didn't know what or how okay and then my accident happened and I remember thinking god this is not right shit you know yeah holy that's insane. Yeah. But, you know, and like going back in my life, mm-hmm. um, like, so my parents had a really, like, horrible divorce, in my opinion. Like, my experience of it was that. Yeah. Right? And I think for most kids, when their parents split, it's confusing. Um, and for a lot of years, like some, they can't even really be in the same room and all these things. And I felt that. I could feel the energy, like neither of them had to even say anything, you know, being, and they're great now, which is beautiful. Yeah. And I'll get to that feeling spot later. But But um, it doesn't change your experience. At that time, yeah. So when I was younger, I really pushed to be mature. And it's interesting because, and I was kind of looking at this duality of things. In the last like month, I feel like even more so I've been having this spiritual awakening like it's always growing right but yes I was looking back and I was thinking like you know I always used to want to be older mature graduated living my adult life doing my thing like out out there in the world wanted to be speeding up and then this happened and then it's like oh my gosh I want to go back I want it all back it's crazy and then it's all it's interesting because I think a lot of people it's like that right Mm-hmm. When you're young, you want like the freedom and whatnot to drive a car, and then to mm-hmm. be able to have a later curfew, yeah. to do what you want to do, yeah. have your own bank account to spend your own money, yeah, be building your own credit. When are you mm-hmm. buying a house? Like all these things that in the world you're told is like what will get you there, quote unquote, right? I love that. So, and then this happened, and I'm like. You know, I just wanted to, like, and I couldn't even do it, was, like, curl up in the fetal position. And I couldn't even hold myself like that. I was completely just, you know, it it was such a grueling experience on so many levels. And having pneumonia and just wanting to cry and then being like, you can't cry. Like, you need to, you're going to, like, you know, basically, they didn't say it, but you're going to drown yourself in your own lungs. So I'm just like, what the fuck? 
this is so unfair yeah this is so unfair and you know even like I've missed since then those deep belly laughs it's not the same right because I don't have that to trigger it's not an autonomic thing it's just I don't know it's so it's like there's these little pieces and it's like man how can somebody take get so much taken away from them right in a second yeah 100 percent. yeah and I mean the day of the accident I didn't really know one minute to the next it was just like I kept replaying over in my head over and over and over what just happened I get to the hospital and the doctors you know it's like a movie like where you're rushing through the doors and I'm lying there and there's like people rushing to your side and a social worker who was like who can I call blah 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 well I gave them my sister's number because I was like I don't I'm not going to choose what parent is going to get the news oh my god the fact that you're even having to think of that right who's going to be chosen first yeah I was like I felt like so guilty and I felt guilty right away and that was a one other thing like within those first couple memories like thinking about the psychic the yelling out to god and then i thought about my mom my dad my sister and i'm like they did so much for me my whole life they my parents raised me well you know i was very privileged growing up i feel yeah and like this is what they're gonna get the news of you know so thinking that i'm this independent young woman but you know obviously me making poor decisions so it was hard it was hard but one thing um so when i was at the hospital in Kelowna, they they kept doing ct scan after ct scan we're like can you move this can you do that i'm thinking like can you guys not see what ever damage is done it's i'm not moving it was stressing me out because i'm like it's freaking you out when doctors are who you're looking to for answers are not a clue Mm. They didn't know. And then they say, we're going to have to fly you down to Vancouver. So I'm like, well, this isn't good. Yeah. Clearly, you know, if they can't deal with it up here, then, and I have to go down to Vancouver with the main hospital in Western Canada, Yeah. then, you know, this is a big Shit's deal. It's getting real. And then I finally was just like, okay, just told them like, even though I didn't feel pain, because I think I was still in shock. Yeah. I just said, I'm in pain and I'm not coping. So can you just put me out because it had been hours that they finally decided they were going to fly me down and nothing was changing and I was like I just don't want to what did you what did you say to your sister um they called it was a social worker okay um and my sister was just going to the island with her boyfriend because her birthday was the next day and that's the crazy thing like you think every day you have a plan of the future and what it's going to be <clears throat> And your whole idea of the future and how it's like generally gonna lay out and I remember like I was like oh, I'm gonna get back from the weekend we're gonna have my sister's birthday barbecue and I woke up that next day still feeling like fear missing out almost but then like what am I even up against like what does this mean what does this look like how long am I gonna be in the hospital for am I gonna walk one day what and if I'm not then like what is dealing with this yeah. what does that mean it's the unknown yeah it was unknown and it is hard when doctors can't really give you an answer it's mm-hmm. very you go to a doctor for the most part most people at least in this part of the world you go to a doctor for everything if you get a cough or whatever and they just seem to have that answer they have 
that cure all mm. for whatever it is. And when you go and they're like, we really don't know, like it's very different for everyone. And from that point forward, I had complication after complication, C. diff, which is an infection, pneumonia pretty much right away. Um, and yeah, pneumonia, what else? Um, I had got meningitis in my lungs after oh. a while. And then I got a flesh-eating thing on the back that. of my neck. That was later on. And it was really interesting because I wasn't getting better. I wasn't able to pass a swallowing assessment because they get you on tube feed right away. Most people, most quadriplegics, because there's so much swelling in the area for swallowing and stuff that I think they, especially if you've had to have a surgery for your mm -hmm. spinal cord injury, um, they'll get you on tube feed. And it was going up my nose and down and I was like allergic to the tape oh, and everything shit. like it was just so uncomfortable because you think I didn't have the dexterity or finger movement to itch and yeah. move and like fix things so people would be around and be like can you scratch me like yeah that was like the highlight of my day and you know within 20 minutes when I had pneumonia I would turn a little bit in bed and it sounded like a little waterfall just unleashed and it was just fluid pouring. Wow. So like all I was doing was surviving. Yeah. I didn't even have the luxury of eating food and every day we they paid for um, like family and maybe fundraising wherever it was from. Um, we paid for a TV in the hospital, which is ridiculously expensive. Yeah. But every day I'd watch the Food Network and my mom would be like, you can drive yourself crazy. I'm like, I'm planning my meal, Aww. my first meal that I can eat. Aww. And in so, yeah the little things in and in some ways like if i had been <clears> told at the onset like this is what you're going to be up against i more so would have just given up it's going through it though and not knowing it in some ways is better because you're just living it and doing e everything you can to to survive to survive and get better um but it was a blessing in disguise that i had a flesh-eating disease. Okay. It was called Iconella cordens, okay. which is anaerobic, so it doesn't need oxygen, right? So, um, and ugh, just the whole experience, man, like, I knew that my in my throat, like where the hardware was, yeah. I knew it was pressing. Every time I swallowed a bit, I could feel it clunking over. Okay. But to me, I knew nothing different. To me, it was like, I guess this is my new normal. Mm. I kind of mentioned it to Just them and they that. said, they said, yeah, you know, like, and it was like, okay. So I'm like, I guess this is normal, quote unquote. Um, but then later found out that because it was pressing up against so much, that's why it was creating this pocket in my throat. So I couldn't pass any swallowing assessments because they were afraid that it would get caught and then I'd aspirate, then I'd get pneumonia. Oh. So they couldn't actually clear me to eat anything. The speech language pathologist said, yeah, we couldn't clear you to eat anything because it just, it was clear that it was obstructing. It was 100% in your way. Yeah, which is, it felt like it. Imagine waking up and you're just, just like can't move and this thing <clears throat> is like pushing like a foreign object, right? And so I, I knew that something wasn't, quite right so from august till i think like the end of november 
and I was just feeling like crap like I just wasn't getting you know it was like two steps forward and then like three back Mm -hmm. is what it felt like like I'd do a little bit better I'd seem really good and then oh now I have a flesh eating which is like way worse than like the last problem I dealt with so I ended up getting um all this pain across my back and thank god my mom stayed with me in the hospital um because they're so busy they were so busy back then I can't even imagine if this happened today Mm -hmm. but my mom stayed with me in the hospital and she told the they'd they'd tape my shoulder I was having all this pain and she told them um her skin feels spongy and it felt like I had this giant pimple that went across my whole back from shoulder to shoulder okay so when I leaned back in bed it all this pressure I'm like something's not right yeah and I think it was the physio who told the nurse and then they sent me down for an ultrasound well I don't know if it would have been the radiologist or what doctor I think that's who it is he came in right away and was like can I take a sample of this right away because I think you have dead tissue you're just like holy shit oh, okay um and my mom was like oh my gosh she can't go through anything more but at that time when they found that I actually was like no like I th- actually felt really positive and like I had this like really strong connection to like the divine where I was like no it's actually this is when it gets better beautiful I knew and everyone was like oh my gosh she has to go through all this and she could have died she could have went septic of course um so they do the surgery and they had to take that plate out Finally. because it was cut tearing a hole in my esophagus I guess it would have been um I used to know all the anatomy yeah. really well but it's okay yeah so and it tore a hole and then when they took a sample from my back it was like a strep a strain a strain of like strep okay yeah so there were like they're like that's weird why is that there so then they realized that they had to go in look in my neck and do a whole another surgery to take out hardware so it's all to do with from that thing that was in your neck that you like intuitionally yeah knew didn't know but you were like this doesn't feel feel right but I didn't I guess I was like this is it I guess yeah right you're just going with the flow yeah you don't know anything more yeah and then they uh, they took it out. My speech language pathologist said, she's like, I wasn't gonna tell you, but I had gone to your spine doctor and I had said, look, Leah's never gonna be able to pass her swallowing assessment, um, which therefore means two food for the rest of my life. Holy shit! <clears throat> and then when you don't eat for five and a half months, you realize how enjoyable food is, like even more so. Like we already know this, but when you don't. Like, if I was told that, and I guess my spine surgeon was like, unless there's, like, a really good reason, I cannot take that plate out. And that's the good reason. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's like that little, not little, but that bacteria, the streptococcus, it shows up on your back. Yeah. It was such a blessing. Yeah. In disguise. Yeah. I mean, it could have been worse, Mm -hmm. but, I mean, it left me a nasty scar, but I'm eating yeah thank goodness yeah to be able to enjoy food yeah holy so what happened after they took that out of your throat um so i had a a vac dressing because and then and so i almost died again after this 
um, because so this is kind of like a bit descriptive, but no, it's good. Just he warned me. Um, they had to take the flesh right down to my bones in some areas, right down to my spine, everything in that area. Um, on, for your, on your back? On my back. Um, and it was big and open. So then there's the risk of infection. Yeah. And then also healing, because that's like layers and layers of different kind of tissue. That's right. Um, and what they wanted to do was take a piece of my lap muscle, because they're like, oh, you know, it's still kind of working, but you're n- not going to walk one day. And I was like, yeah, one day I will. Um, and they had already taken uh, trapezius muscle flap to cover the bullet wound that wasn't healing. Okay. Um, which actually I had cerebral spinal fluid leaking out of me. Wow. And I had this like massive headache. Oh my gosh. And they knew they knew that that was probably could happen from okay. the way it was. So at least right away they knew. And I remember getting uh, doses of fentanyl. And like when I got that, I was like, I don't even care if I die. Like, yeah. like that's how strong that stuff is. Like you just don't even. That's but it's over and done with quick. Like it's it's a pretty fast acting one for, you know, pain like that. Right. Um, but it's pretty scary on the streets and like with people yeah. nowadays utilizing I it. I see why people yeah. are addicted because they're it's completely takes yeah. you and numbs you. Yeah. From what you're going through. Yeah. And oh, it's totally. Just, it's just a blanket. It's just yeah. a Band-Aid. Yeah. And I mean, I was, yeah. So, and that's when I was still in ICU. And I ended up, my nerve pain was so bad, it takes about six weeks to find out if, um, so there's like two different pain meds. It, there's either gabapentin or uh, Lyrica. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty similar, but they always start people on gabapentin first. And I think it takes about six weeks to build up in your system. And then, so like for the first six weeks, I'm like burning on fire all the time. Wow. Like just the worst nerve pain, like, like burning pins and needles, like poking all throughout my body Holy shit. where I can't feel, which is like, you know, here and here and everything down. Right. So I ended so up is it like about underneath your chest bra- or just the chest down. Yeah. And so internally and externally yeah but i can feel like deep internally okay i can yeah like deep pressure yeah stuff like that yeah okay yeah um but nothing like really surface level yeah no like hot cold in those areas sharp soft like yeah yeah um but yeah so it was just the pain was so bad I was on long-acting, short-acting morphine. I was on a fentanyl patch. I was on, and like, man, nothing was doing it. Nothing was doing it. It's like my, I knew right when my accident happened, I'm like, wow, the body is electricity. I feel it. I still feel it to this day. Wow. You know? Um, And that first medication didn't work. Then they found out that I was covered on my dad's medical again. So then they got me on Lyrica. So that's why they start people off with the one. Then I got to, then I had to wait for the other and I don't know, I guess it worked a bit on some levels, but man, yeah, the body is incredible. Yeah. Holy shit. But the healing it can do too is like even more incredible. Like I just, and we were just talking about this before. I remember thinking before my accident, like I just want to be skinnier, like body image issues, which I'd had from 
for a long time Mm -hmm. like definitely all of high school maybe even before that just went through like a chubby phase in elementary school so then you know I always felt insecure and wanted to be fit and everything and I just prettier in some way that I thought was prettier in perfection which never good enough no and I remember looking at all these pictures on the walls of, of like the party days my friends made it all these like amazing albums basically that were plastered all on my walls and I remember thinking like I just put my body through so much and it healed and it's done so much for me how could I not value the healthy body that I had and I just cried it's you know we don't appreciate most most don't appreciate exactly what you have right until it's gone and I was like and then on top of that what it was going through was just crazy and I can only imagine like you know here's your friends and and family and and loved ones and everybody cares about you and you know bringing you photos and stuff but you're like nobody knows nobody Mm -hmm. understands what you're going through nobody's laying there nobody's you Mm -hmm. nobody's just gotten their carpet ripped out from under them Mm -hmm. nobody now has to somehow love and accept this new vessel yeah that you've just now been given Mm -hmm. and that you have to figure figure everything out how is your life going to be so like you know people love you and support you but you're now looking at photos of what you've just had yeah and how angry and pissed off and Mm. wanting it back well yeah and doing anything you possibly can to be like basically i just want to love my body and tell my body yeah all the things and just to run yeah like just to take that for granted to hold your cup differently or you know to touch tie your shoe yeah like everything they imagine quickly just getting up oh i have to pee just jump go pee like or just feeling kind of tired i'm just gonna lay down yeah no i'm in a chair all day yeah it takes transferring getting a sling under me transferring me in an overhead lift unless there's a strong guy around but yeah you know it's not just like a thought and i do it it's yeah. like planning every little detail of my life yeah having nurses coming morning and evening right and just any little bit of independence i can get back is like a huge thing huge real big deal so it's a really big deal. that's like insane leah like this is a huge uh it's a huge journey that you chose for this life and you are yeah. just such a strong incredible woman and that's what really um thank you um and that's what really when i know that and can think of it that way instead of getting so wrapped up in why me it's like okay I chose this I chose the people in my life the experiences that I'm having um that it's like it's okay and I'm like I know that I'm like this is meant to ascend me maybe I was in between lives and I'm thinking like okay let's just ascend me quite a few on this one right like just give it pay back some big karma yeah and teach a lot of lessons yeah and help a lot of people yeah but my question is, at what point did you notice any sort of shift or like that little 
bit of that light, you know, where you're in it and you're angry at others and you're angry at yourself and you're, mm -hmm. you know, why me? Why is this going on? Like, how am I supposed to even live? And what's mm -hmm. the point of living? Like, what gave you some sort of light or shift? Like, when do you remember that happening or what it was? Um, I definitely, like, I knew there was a lot of support and I think it was early on because I'm like, you know, I'm thinking like, I just want to die. I can't even take my own life if I wanted to because I'm like in a hospital bed yeah like not even like at the beginning I was kind of moving my shoulders that was it my arms biceps weren't even nothing oh, wow. at the time so um I remember thinking like I'm either it's a decision I'm either gonna live and do this and I don't know if I was still in ICU or after but I at least at that point made the decision like I want to live okay. and I'm going to live okay. um, and I think it was like I just in my parents eyes and my sister like my immediate family I saw the pain they were going through and I knew like they were being strong for me and I just couldn't I wouldn't have ever been able to like crush them by doing something to myself like you to know exit. to exit and that I was gonna always gonna try and believe that one day I could walk or you know who, whatever it is that's gonna come yeah. into my life and not and just being open and I always remember imagining like prior to my accident like my light was huge like you know like wherever I went I was always chatting with people and trying to be kind to people and and I just felt like I was like on fire literally right before my accident. I was like, life's good, you know, like, yeah. but I wasn't being the best person, but I remember thinking that. And then I, um, but I remember after my accident, I was like, I felt like I just had this tiny little like birthday candle flame. Aww. And I was like, I'm not gonna let it go out. Oh. I'm just gonna build it. I'm not gonna let it go out. And that's all I could think of. like. Even if it's just that for now, I'm okay. And then one day I'll just ignite it. Amazing. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. But it's been highs and lows, like, you know. Yeah. There's no, there's no um, easy way out. No. And just being here and yeah, what you're going through is always a roller coaster. Yeah. But I've been able to meet and experience so many people that I wouldn't have yeah in so many ways like even just us getting closer over time right and like the nurses and the doctors that I was able to meet and being in Vancouver and just a whole different experience than anybody I know has ever experienced because most people just go on every day right mm -hmm. and for me it was like okay this is my journey this is very different and it's not gonna be like anything anyone knows and I and I definitely did think that where I was like you know no I and I knew and like friends would still go to go away and go do things and I was never angry or upset because I was like I would probably be doing the same mm -hmm. not knowing what someone goes through mm -hmm. because there's no way to know yeah. until you're in it yeah 
There's no way I could even have fathomed, even if I wanted to sit there and think about what this would have felt like fully completely when I was able-bodied, there's, there's just no way I wouldn't have been able to do it. No. And nobody could. And I always just wanted people to be happy doing what they were doing. Don't worry about me. Right. You know, don't let it hold you back from living living your life. That's what I always thought. So, but it was hard because, you know, people do things the way kind of society, you know, they meet someone in their 20s or Mm -hmm. early 30s and then they, you know, get married and have kids. And that's kind of the way most if not all, like most, maybe not all, but most of my friends have gone, mm-hmm. right? And that's just not where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But I still connect and laugh and yeah. am with my friends and can do things. But it is hard sometimes thinking like, you know, what what would my have li- life have looked like? Mm-hmm. But I can't even imagine that now. Like, yeah. it's been so long now knowing this. This version. This version of myself mm-hmm. and like, breaking down my own barriers and just I think I've always been a person who I'm like no I'm gonna find a way even if it's like a total detour Mm -hmm. I'm gonna find a way and if and then I feel good if I knock down you know knocked on every door to try and figure it out and it still just wasn't timing or whatever then I'm okay with that but I'm still gonna try everything I can yeah why wouldn't you know and Mm -hmm. not just give up no but I can feel good about it knowing that if there was something I was trying to achieve that I did everything to, mm-hmm. to make that happen. 100%. So, you know, like if there's anybody else that's going through something mm-hmm. like this or, you know, many people mm-hmm. have stories and life-altering situations mm-hmm. and things, what other tools did you lean to? Like what really helped you through it? Of course, your family, but what about external? Yeah, so getting into more spiritual stuff and like meditation um because all we really have is the moment that is it um and thank goodness i was at gf strong ipads just came out because i couldn't you know work with a computer and my stepdad or my mom's boyfriend at the time he got me an ipad and i would just go on and watch like spiritual videos i don't know if you've heard of nisim haramin he's like a scientist but he's like totally like he went and lived i think on the side of a mountain in hawaii and built his own like thing so when you're listening to people talk about the universe and like physics and everything it just like opens you up you're like we're so much more than just this and that was like an escape for me at the time and just kind of started that journey and reading a lot of books by um what's the fella who is like he was endorsed by oprah winfrey east indian oh doctor oh dr deepak yeah Chopra. yeah yeah so i was reading a lot of his books and they were just really easy reads really understandable and it just it made me feel lighter okay um and just kind of investigating into that world of what else is out there yeah. it's not just this yeah you know we and then as of recently i've really started to see like i remember people talk about the matrix and 
things like that. And I just wasn't quite clicking my understanding. And I was like, now I'm like, it, we were all just programmed from the minute we were born. And this whole world is, <coughs> this whole world is in a, and people and the way of like going through school, it's all just programmed. But like, who said that was right? Like, yeah, maybe it brought order and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the legal system and everything. But like, who's to say, like, so many people are feeling empty. And we've all just had this program. So I've kind of just like broken that down recently. Gotcha. Right. Where I'm like, it's, we're just moment to moment. And early on, some people had said to me, like, um, like, just take it day by day. And I was like, oh my gosh, every person has said that too. Mm. But it is really. And that's all we can do moment yeah. to moment. That's it's right. all we can do. It's all we're guaranteed. Well, we're not even guaranteed the next moment, but yeah. but in the moment, right, is all we really have. My dad really um, opened me up to a lot of stuff, like the meditations mm-hmm. and listening to like the the Buddhist like hums and yes. stuff like that, and a lot of stuff. And my dad was kind of in that, into that before my accident, but seeing kind of how that shifted things for him and. Um, in, in his own life and just coping with stuff that I I was like, you know what, I'm open to yeah. receiving these different sorts of things. Um, and then as of recently doing like microdosing mushrooms, so I'm really excited to kind of go down that path and also document hopefully for other people with chronic pain and you know, depression and things like that. Cause I did eventually go on antidepressants. I was going through a really hard period, a breakup at the time yeah. and loved pain of all the things, antidepressants. I want to love know, pain. Love, love pain. pain is it's quite like, painful. It's deep. Yes. And I just, with all my life experience up to that point, I was like, I just need something to help me get through this little period. Right. But so I've been on them for a little while now and it's like, okay, do it. I don't think I really need to be like things are pretty good yeah. like really good I'm you know so kind of I want to document my experience now with doing the microdosing and then coming off the antidepressants and how am I feeling and what am I noticing that's awesome. especially for others with spinal cord injuries or nerve pain or yeah. depression and, yeah. and stuff well, that's huge yeah that's amazing that yeah. would be really profound yeah do you have a certain book or like do you remember anything that was like your the first thing that was like got you that kind of that aha moment or like okay you know what I am so much more than just this body um I just randomly came upon and he's getting more and more popular every year um it's a book that I downloaded to my ipad was the biology of belief by Bruce Lipton okay I'm gonna write it down really really good and it was pretty it was a pretty easy read biology the biology of belief and he's a scientist or a doctor scientist it's you know been 10 years now or a little bit more okay since i actually read that but that really helped me understand like our thoughts the power of our thoughts and the influence that it has on our living experience yeah and even the cells in our body 
because he breaks it down to cells. Wow. Yeah, it's really interesting. So that was kind of the first one. And then I just started reading a lot of those books. I can't remember. Like I read like five by Deepak Chopra and just he made it really simple about like eating the colors of the rainbow and like breaking it down and things like that, right? Um, And then just you had shared with me about the medical medium. Mm Mm-hmm. And you would talk about celery juicing, and I was yes. seeing every, all your posts, and I was like, okay, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Um, and my sister had kind of talked about it before as well. So I'm just kind of getting into that. And awesome. what was really cool is there's a girl who works, maybe I won't say, get into detail here, but she works at one of the places where you can buy stuff for that. Yeah. Like doing the, the cleanses and stuff. Yeah. And she, I met her because I went to Alpha, where you like learn about christianity and stuff she had been going through addiction and you know she didn't see her kids or anything like that for a long time she had like addicted to meth for like 10 years and something else like you know she was in a rough place and then i saw her like last year she's still working at this place and i was like my gosh how are you and i was like did you like from that point when i saw you years ago like 2014 like no I fell off the wagon and like things and blah 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 um but she's like the medical medium changed my life she's like it's the one thing that I do now and follow and which is amazing for someone who is that addicted now I don't know yeah now I don't know her exact path of when you right but it's Clearly, I mean, all the heavy metals and things like that. So Yeah, that's amazing. That, and to see that in someone, mm-hmm. to see that beautiful change, um, because before when I saw her, she was quite fragile still. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, like, super Whoa. empowering. It's just, and I always believe, like, messages always come through people. So it's like, you know, I find with Leah and I, we will go sometime where you know, you're busy doing your stuff, I'm busy doing my stuff, and then we always come back together. Yeah. And then whenever we're coming together, it's always about, you know, evolving or yes. giving each other tips or pushing each other to to expand and, like, just to, yeah. to share where we're at in our journey. Yeah. And it's like, I love it because I'll never forget the time, we just talked about this, when I went to your old um, townhouse to have a visit, and whenever yeah. Lee and I visit, we just we talk yeah. forever I'm like okay I only have this amount of time and then it's always surpa- yeah, surpasses and I was actually reading I was trying to remember which book it was mm. but it was a book where what you're focusing on expands and you have to like find certain things yes. and see them by a certain so time it was like a mm, I I don't remember. It's going to come. It will come to me. Like seeing certain cars or certain colors. Yeah. Or like a butterfly or this. And it, it gives you certain tasks. Yeah. And then I'm over at Leah's house and there's one last thing that I was expand, or focusing on to see. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? What's meant to be will be. I'll just like leave it alone. And then I was like, I guess I'm not going to see it today. And then I, I go over to her house and then we go into her room and I was like, right on the back of her wall was the butterfly yeah and I think you had three or it was it in a was, frame yeah it was in a frame it was I think it was in a frame there, I think there was three yellow butterflies and from the Philippines in this like little frame yeah and then there and then there they they are and randomly you probably would have thought outside somewhere oh yeah that I was seeing nope. it somewhere right in your room yeah and it was like 
it's a, it's also about like trusting, trusting the process. And yeah. I wasn't like, I was so focused on trying to find it where when or I let how go, you'll find yes, it. how am I going to find it? And then I let it go yeah. and it was just right there. And it's kind of like life. It's, we try to plan and we try to, you know, prevent things from happening or control things. But mm -hmm. really the ultimate lesson is we can't, we don't, we don't really know what mm -hmm. is around the corner and mm -hmm. really being appreciative for the present moment and for today and right now. Yeah. And like, I'm so grateful for our friendship and like your strength and what you've been through is just like, there's no words. I'm just like, you know, people exit or people pass and like you go through loss and it's like grieving. Mm -hmm. You're not grieving somebody that's passed. You're grieving your a shell part of my, yeah. and a part of you. Yeah here in the physical world yeah on earth school yeah it's so it was a trip like it was very it still is that it, yeah oh yeah that is a good point it was it was very much like it was it was one of the hardest losses i could ever like and, and i didn't even think it was in and it could exist yeah like it wasn't in my thoughts no. of something that could happen and how I would even feel about it. Like, I mean, just, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. So when it happened, it was just every day, like for days I mourned the loss of my old self, but things needed to change. And I had asked for that change. Yeah. What we're talking about, right? Yeah. Like asking and planting the seeds of things. Mm -hmm. And I'd asked and wanted that change because I knew I shouldn't really be partying mm -hmm. right at the, the way I was and it's like you know and then I was like one more weekend right because mm -hmm. it was August 14th and then I was like you know everyone kind of settles into the school year even if you're not in school I was going to take a yoga teacher training course out at Kwantlen or no another one in Vancouver Langara yeah um <clears throat> so and then it happened and I was like oh my gosh like and I've always believed that things happen for a reason. Yeah. So it's like, where's this silver lining? And it's it hasn't just been like a black and white, like there's the silver lining, no. right? Like it's come in waves and you, re like the direction of my life had changed so much. Yeah. Like it wasn't just like a little like directional change. It was like, you Complete know. carpet rip. Yeah. Redirection. Yeah. Yeah. So, and just being embracing every moment like you know yesterday for instance I went to celebrate a guy's birthday it's actually would have been today mm. um, happy birthday guy's birthday <laughs> yeah well he's he passed he passed oh away. so but we were celebrating up at Alouette oh. Lake but it's like you just realize in that moment um like that's how it matters just spending the time yeah. and having moments with the people you love doing the things that just matter to you yeah right while you're still here while they're still here mm -hmm. so it was meeting up with old friends and his family members just to like honor him and that's so just, sweet yeah and he's there and he's with you yeah and you know that yeah guiding you from the other side giving you strength and putting the right people in places yes i feel that a hundred percent always we are never alone even when we feel alone yeah something super trippy that happened um so when i was in the hospital my dad would come and 
It was a green crystal. I don't know if it's hematite, fluorite, fluorite maybe. Okay. Fluoride, fluorite. Fluorite, not fluorite. And um, my, my one of my dads, like the first woman he dated after my parents broke up, long time after they broke up, but first woman, she's like very spiritual. She was the first person I knew of who like didn't cook with certain foods. Remember when I was 13, I'm like, that's so weird. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> And then, but I love her. I call her my fairy godmother. Oh, yeah, and we're still that. connected. That's beautiful. But she brought crystals and she told my dad, like, just kind of, this is how you cleanse them. Wow. And this, like, you know, so we're, like, you know, kind of using it on my body. My dad would kind of rub it on my legs to see if he could, you know, if I could feel it. I'd close my eyes. And oh, I love he'd that. He'd try to be, like, where are you feeling? Anyways, so, like, I'm laying on the bed flat like this. He's at my side and he's kind of, you know, just kind of, either sitting in the chair maybe and kind of leaned over mm-hmm. on the side of my bed and I'm or no I wasn't lying on my back I was lying on my side like this yeah and on my left side and the crystal literally rolled up against gravity wow me and my dad were like what did you just see that did you just see that? but we both witnessed it that's so beautiful yeah and then I've also had and those things when it happens and I mean that might not happen for everyone but like legitimately we both witnessed that at the same time but when those kind of things happen it's just like that was one of those things in the hospital that I was like okay like there's just so much more like you can't explain that that went against gravity yeah and it's a crystal like a rock yeah you know and and a lot of people's analytical mind has a hard time and I have an analytical mind right. right but it's so I was like that's why it's like these things happen so that you're like hey mm-hmm. okay wait a minute here this is happening mm-hmm. to me this isn't some hocus pocus yeah. bullshit yeah this is some serious stuff yeah yeah big time um and then this last <clears throat> December my boyfriend that I was saying that I had dated after graduation the roller coaster relationship he had passed away and then I we I think his funeral was on like the Wednesday in December and then, you know, like, I'm obviously thinking of him tons. And I'm at a friend's house. And I felt like it was something to do with him. It could be anything. But it was right around the time he passed. And it's like, you know, imagine, like, a door like that size, literally from floor to ceiling at this person's house. And it's all glass doors there. And we're having, like, a dinner party. It was on one of our friend's birthdays. And there was the chef there. And I figured he had just opened the door and was outside because I saw the handle and this huge door open and then shut. And then I'm like looking out there and I'm like, is he storing something? Because it's like winter and it's freezing cold. And I'm like looking and then he's like behind me. I'm like, Cassie, who just went outside? She's like, babe, no one's there. And I was like, oh my God, there was nothing there. And then her sister saw it like an hour later I'm like I'm not crazy of course you're not but like uh, but I was thinking I was questioning no, my sanity for a little it. bit there I was like did I just like but that blew me away that's awesome it was just out of nowhere and I was like <laughs> Cassie's like don't say that oh my god She's that's amazing good. I yeah. love it so when you so true. have these things synchronicities and the more you focus on them the more these things start coming up and happening and it's like you realize you're on this really neat soul journey mm. that's not even really about your shell or even the experiences now it's the moment and growing that's into so you know your higher self getting more and more in 
in touch with that and it's easy to slip away like I you know there's still always times totally times where like my ego is like you know really playing a toll and judging Mm -hmm. whatever it is that's in front of me or myself or my journey but um and you and you need to pause because we'll still be recording but we've got um to just start a new one here sure yeah sounds good and three hold on miss hold on youtube is watching and we'll be back in a second All the fun things. Okay, keep going, girl. Back on. Um, where was I? Yeah, just so much of this. I think when we, it's so easy with everything that we look at that is material the material world um to get so caught up in everything that is in front of us but really we're meant to just i think grow Mm -hmm. spiritually and like raise our vibration and that at any point even if you fall off track and you're like like i felt at times like i'm losing it you know like what how can i again these another layer of like how am i going to get through it's like no i can always come back to like what always is and always was yeah exactly so that's amazing um what about for your work and like what you're up to now and kind of like how yeah the journey on your so coming to your purpose yeah so I like right out of my injury it took a few years to just like like you know relearning being at home relearning my neighborhood feeling comfortable asking people to grab me something off a shelf yeah. which like now there's no shame there like if I need something I need and you know if the person doesn't want to help me which I've never come up across but if they didn't I just be like oh, okay I'll ask the next person you know yeah. like and and I didn't even want to go uptown on my own because I'm like I can't open a door on my own what if they mm-hmm. don't have that or whatever but if it's you just push yourself to find ways and there's no way to know unless you try get out and fear and just like try. fear can hinder like can keep you stuck can keep you oh, in totally at hermit mode of oh I can't yeah. do this yeah exactly um like yeah so simply just going uptown now if I get to um a local business the door's closed they don't have you know, wheelchair access door, um, I'll call and be like, hey, I'm out front, can you let me in? Yeah. It's not an issue There's for people. always a way. And I knew I would, I myself would be like, I would never have an issue with somebody like helping them. Never. You know, so like prior to my injury. So um, it's just like facing that fear. And again, the ego of like pride, mm-hmm. being pr- too prideful um, because otherwise I would just be stuck. Yeah. Literally. If that got in the way, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then, so an accident happened in 2011, um, and and I had to sort out a lot of things with my health afterwards, just relearning my body and the feelings in it, and what does that mean? What does this mean? And a fear of like, you know, I was at a really top hospital 
where they knew everything about spinal cord injury. They knew what to do. And knowing that, like, if I was to call 911 out here, which is what they suggest if I have a certain medical condition that comes up, yeah, um, or medical emergency, then call 911. Well, I go to the hospital out here. They're not familiar with spinal cord injury. That's and you right. think, how could they not be? Mm-hmm. How did this the world not know about this? Aren't doctors trained in everything? Right. But then you realize. And what I learned mm-hmm. to, from my accident and being at GF Strong, which is such a great place, because um, they have education sessions and they always say, like, you are going to be your biggest advocate. Yeah. Even my doctors in Vancouver had said to me, they've really given me the empowered me because they're like you need to know you are gonna know doctors aren't gonna know they're not gonna understand you need to you probably need to explain things to them and when I do come in like I mean if I can when I'm in emergency if I can come in and I explain stuff they're like right okay yeah no problem like it's it's not like you know there's resistance they know when I'm talking exactly I mean some some there's been a few times when a doctor was like my catheter was stuck yeah. he's like you just have to pull on it really hard and i was like i kind of think you don't yeah <laughs> and i was like no my dad was like oh well you know like still in that old school mentality of like doctors know and i was like no ended up having to go out to vancouver um had to get like these little claws that went up and because it had crystallized on inside I was so just, it would have damaged my bladder wall yeah so good for you again, and that's your intuition yeah accessing like you yeah. learned your body yeah. from the inside now yeah and trust. not to ignore yes things right which is what i got so used to doing prior to my accident and i think that was part of my mm. wanting to find whatever is that like i kind of just didn't know who i was wow. because if you ignore your intuition and so much for so long that voice is just kind of it just feels like it's non-existent right if if that's what you've been practicing for so long, yeah, to ignore that that like authority, like you know, your teachers are right, parents are right, your elders are right, and for a lot of, I mean, tw- I totally have respect for people. I mean, don't be disrespectful to people, sure, but like, you have to trust your own self. And I think maybe when we were growing up, we were we weren't taught to trust that. It was no. like listen to your teachers. Put your hand do up what to they say yeah you know like all of these things mm-hmm. which is just kind of totally against our inner knowing inner knowing right so wow. this brought me back and then when <clears> a doctor who is and he's a world-renowned doctor um scientist he's a doctor and scientist and he was like no you're gonna have to be the one to if you can explain it explain this is you know so I know a lot of medical terms and things now that I can just basically be like you're like this is your own doctor in this area. Yeah. Like and it speeds up. things up because if they're trying to figure it out without me really voicing and just trusting that they are going to do their thing. That they know. Yeah. Wow. And um but I am really actually grateful for the doctors I have had like my spine surgeon too like yeah forever grateful just they're like miracles you yeah know, these people here yeah. that can just come in and it amazes me i'm like how are you so smart but like that's their gift that they're giving what, to the world that's right you know just like it, yours and it's amazing and they and the dedication of some doctors especially surgeons 
yeah. like after high school me I was like you know looking forward to adulthood and just like doing my own thing like mm-hmm. whatever but for them it's like that is a commitment you have to know that that's what you want to yeah. really do and a lot of people don't really they're not sure right like yeah. they're growing so to make that commitment and then when you've spent the money to do it you can't really turn back like you can yeah. change yeah. but like you know you're going to be committed. very invested in yeah. financially and in time and everything right so yeah. I'm very grateful Absolutely. for the people who commit to doing that and don't even graduate well into their 30s yeah or close to 40 yeah you know and then they're still considered in that field like a new surgeon right like it's wild yeah the system's quite wild yeah but yeah but there's gifted people mm-hmm. everyone Everywhere. has a gift Everywhere. right 100%. so um but yeah so moving on from that like so the first few years we're just like figuring things out figuring Finder, what does it mean you. to live in a wheelchair and get out and do things you know like I appreciate so much I know well from the old place I used to live mm-hmm. I was like I was getting uptown and I appreciated smooth transitioning sidewalk because going over the bumps and my nerve pain so I'm, I had a route that I would go uptown wow. where it was just like all flat like this is these are the things I think about you're you appreciative know? of yeah and grateful for now. yeah that's amazing yeah and then like and also too, like my accident happening. If I was in the states, healthcare, you know what I mean. Not to say some people still have great coverage, but like parents would be going bankrupt, maybe yeah. selling um, their homes, selling yeah. their things. And I was able to have <clears throat> crime victims cover. So and my dad's Blue Cross came back. You know, this chair was like fifty thousand dollars because it gets me up standing. It's like a robot. Wow. You know what I mean and. I don't people it's a I think everyone should have it that has a spinal cord injury but it's a luxury yeah and I really appreciate that and I appreciate that um, I've had coverage for nursing and that there's so many blessings throughout my journey yeah oh another book um, was the magic okay the secret and then there's the magic yeah so the and that was just practicing gratitude and when I did that like the activities in that book and this mm-hmm. was a couple years later maybe 2013 I think it was it was just it was the first book out of hospital that I was like literally I felt the magic like oh, I, I felt so I saw that like again kind of that whole concept of what you're focusing on and having gratitude even just for the little things realizing that even in my situation that there's so many just little things to be grateful for yeah it changes and when you start your day like that and end your day like that it makes you you see the world in a whole different way yeah your perspective shifts I agree so um, so that was another really good book um, but in 2014 I went back to school my dad had saved up money so I was like I need to spend it by a certain point <coughs> excuse me so and I knew that doing um accounting I could do from a computer so I was like I'm gonna go back and do my bookkeeping I remember that no regrets there it's good it's great I learned how to like run a business and do the back end of everything but then I was like oh I just want to be working with people like I always had a dream of that um at that point if I wanted to go back and do like 
counseling, I'd have to start from like ground zero Mm -hmm. to eventually get, you know, my master's. And I took school very Mm part-time for it to work for me, like for travel and just like what I could, you know, handle in a day. Yeah. My mornings to get up into my chair take minimum with doing my shower routine, bathroom routine, everything. Um, Like honestly, I so appreciated being able to just go to the bathroom and have a poo. Yeah. It takes, right? And like that whole part of my morning, every morning, it's like minimum two and a half hours. Minimum. No, no pun intended. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah. Of course I had to say And that. it was just like, oh man, like how wow. easy it is to yeah, just, just like. Walk over, have a poo. Yeah. Anything. I Like, you know. So my mornings, knowing that there's like this like getting up and that's on a good day that's right right and every day is different so knowing that there's that and then at the end of the day getting into bed and doing dinner and everything and Mm -hmm. having my nurses come it's like how much then in the day do I have that's right to do the things to still feel fulfilled to be going to school and like balance everything that I feel good about exactly so um, I was like, I don't really want to go back to school maybe one day, right? Like, a, right now, it's like, and then a girl that I know, she um, is a business coach, and she's like, you should really think about doing it, blah, blah, blah. So I kind of worked with her a little bit. Then I was like, you know what? Like, when my accident happened, one of the things I did is I looked back at my life, and I'm like, where did this all start? Like, how did I get to where I got to, right? Okay. And like, what? what changed kind of on my path and I think um a lot of it was like in high school like I really wanted to again like I said to be mature and grown up and have older friends and this and that and you know when I was really mature and like doing my own thing and my parents felt confident that I was like you know doing what I needed to be doing they they didn't have to deal with each other Mm. right and they and things were eased in that sense um, and I, I liked being friends with older people, um, but I always wanted to be popular and likable. And I was always like the one talking in class, the class clown, interrupting. Like that was just like every the report butterfly. card. Yeah, yeah, social butterfly. I'm like, yeah, that is the same. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'd be like, they'd be like, Leah, and I'm like, oh dang, again, again, you know, yeah, interrupting in some form. But I was just. I enjoyed life and would goof off and yeah yeah so um okay I just kind of like lost my train of thought oh, there talking with the coach and then you guys oh oh yeah we're working a bit with her um yeah so but yeah going into like I was looking back into like mm-hmm. how did this all happen and so then like getting into high school being the social butterfly that I was you know I got into partying and doing this and that and then I had the boyfriends and then you know, it was just, I think I was kind of opened myself up. Like I never thought I'd smoke weed at first, Mm -hmm. which right now I do it for more medicinal purposes. Right. And sleep and stuff. But like that first, like, Oh my gosh. And then you do it. And then you don't, again, it's like, that's when I started ignoring like majorly, like I shouldn't be doing this at whatever. Like again, shouldn't really be drinking on the weekend. This isn't good for Mm -hmm. you. And then drinking, oh, I'm going to drink for the first time, whatever. And then eventually it just wasn't a thing. And then, you know, so these things that like, 
more and more over time people would look at and be like you like yeah I don't know I I knew that it wasn't good but then over time it's like oh what's kind of socially acceptable and then you know doing more and more like it all kind of the direction changed in high school Mm -hmm. you know at the end of grade seven I was a straight A student I was doing really good yeah um and I was kind of more focused and you know and then come high school then it was like popularity is what mattered to me yeah plain plain and oh plain and simple that's all that mattered like the friends I had being with you know I was never I don't I mean I don't think I was like rude or ever mean to people but I was also like very much about like being popular my image like you said and so when I look back and I was like that's kind of when it all started and then even just before my accident it was very much about my image and who was looking at me and you know and that was like where I found value and what mattered and you know as a younger kid you don't think about those things but when high school hit that's when I noticed so when this girl was talking to me about coaching and this and that and um I really felt like I was like you know what I want to be working with youth and young adult because again you're programmed all the way through you graduate and then you go like now what? now what now what is out there in the world to do what is like what now what's the direction you kind of just don't get it anymore yeah it's either go to college and do this okay some people follow certain ways and whatnot but that's not really a lot of people's way like most people mm-hmm. right um well i don't even know the percentage but yeah some people know that they're gonna get into something yeah. and then they just keep on with school and yeah. some people didn't even know what the hell they wanted to do when they yeah. were in school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, it, that was such a pivotal age, those years, one high school. And then after that, just kind of being swept up by whatever. Just floating. Just floating. That I was like, it's so mm-hmm. important for people to still <clears throat> have guidance and a structure or even building a structure before that. And things can change right but knowing who you are and what you value and finding tools that you can have for lifelong is what made me go okay i want to work with youth and then so i took a youth resilience a certified icf youth youth resilience coaching wow program like last year and yeah so that's what i've been doing and then i'm like okay this is right where I need to be full circle the business stuff was great you know accounting I got to learn about all of that and kind of like the back end of how to run and start and you know what to look at it's like the universe will give you every tool that you need planning and it's like sometimes in the moment it's not what we want but it's what we need exactly there's a tool for your business yeah for becoming what you are today and it's so remarkable because that's like you said that pivotal moment where these teens they may not have their mom and their dad for support yeah or great guidance yeah or maybe they have great guidance and they don't feel comfortable sharing what is really going on inside of them yeah and like to have somebody like you who's experienced it all Mm -hmm. is like so profound me like looking on the outside looking at you it's like full circle thank you yeah like it is it does feel full circle and where it's like okay this is all like that silver lining I guess is more 
apparent now than ever before and it had to be this long road it couldn't have just been a quick you know turnaround and yeah. within a year after my accident and no. I would be where I'm at like there it had to take time and growing and learning reflecting accepting ac- accepting yeah accepting. embracing yeah everything every part of it to be able to push push forward now and feel really strong in who I am and what I'm here to do 100% and it's like the universe is limitless and what you have like in front of you you're here to help so many people to share your story to yeah. then help youth kids adults it's, yeah it's everybody because there's parents that need help you know yes what are they supposed yes, to do with their child? Exactly that too. Working with parents. Working with them. You and know? just how how do they, this child that was once cuddly and sweet and wanted, never wanted to leave their side is now so, you know, learning about what's actually going on in the brain, you know. And so much of the time our society says, oh, you know, troubled teen, mm. troubled youth. But it's like they're just being the way they were, God made them to like mm-hmm. develop into. Yeah. their brains this way socially yeah. uh, like um the biopsychosocial changes yeah and know? to condition from their mom and their dad yeah or learning how to cope from trauma at a young age yes and that's just how they're yeah. living their life now and they're still yeah coping like a young child yeah yeah and of many adults like what I've, I've even come into contact with is they're still operating as the child they haven't even been able mm. to look within those cycles are and they're just avoiding yeah you know yeah. and then it's just this com- like you said the cycle it just repeats itself yeah so it's like we need to help people yeah through their trauma and the healing it's interesting because we live our i thought about this too another way of thinking of like being a child and you you go through you have all these experiences you don't realize maybe it was traumatic it set you up for how you deal with every situation similar to that or every situation in general. And then as an adult, you're going, okay, maybe these things I'm meant to now heal from. You look kind of reflect back and go like, I'm meant to heal and now serve and help others. That's right. Is really what I think it comes down to. And everyone's gone through something by the age of, you know, 20, if not 30, that's, Everybody. maybe a few things Everybody. that are like life-changing right so it's a matter of and then you look back and go okay i'm sick of feeling pain emotional spiritual pain yeah. that i want to be able to you know you hear of it out there and people thriving and doing really good and it's like okay so how do i how do i start that journey how do i get there how do i you know embrace what is it all about yeah yeah I feel like it's uh, it starts with asking questions. Yes. It starts with finally being like, okay, I'm I'm I've had enough of this game. Yeah. And it's like that constant search of looking for something to fulfill you, relationships, yeah. drugs, alcohol, going out on the weekends, partying. All you're continuing to do is a, a void and you're trying to fill a void. The only way to fill any void is to feel it and then really work through process it, it yeah. process accept and then you're able to fill it with really great things mm-hmm. and then i find like you find 
people on your journey, your soul tribe, mm-hmm. and the ones that you're attracted to, and then it's just like this beautiful mirror, and you're around people that are supporting you, yeah, and really cheering you on, yeah. It's such a it's a full circle. It is, yeah, majorly. When you ask those, when you start asking those questions, it does open this door to like more possibility. It kind of opens the door to let light in, and hundred percent, and then you you find that there's more people around you that yeah like you said you you just vibe with yeah yeah it's like what you focus on expands exactly it's kind and of been the theme here today i know right? it totally is i love that it's yeah. amazing um so how can people reach out to you and find you for their kids and for themselves yeah for sure um you so i have my email is leah at leah d rose coaching awesome and we'll, dot com. we'll put this in the in the notes and you're on social media as well right yeah uh leah d rose coaching um and then i have a group on facebook for moms called Ooh. hip moms of teens oh i love this yeah moms of teens and um so is that something that anybody can join yeah so just like parent of a teen or tween or even if you have someone in your life that you care about that's a teenager and you just want to help or you know your sister has a teenage kid and you know there'll be questions when you go to enter the group and you can kind of explain what it is that you're you know looking to get out of the group and yeah that and people can join and i go live in there every so often share tips and things like that or have a funny little tiktok or something that's educational at the same Mm -hmm. time and it's so important because i feel like you can have different coaches and i'm sure there's like amazing coaches out there but you've gone through the most craziest life altering experience and you felt every type of emotion there is to feel oh yeah and reflecting on it so you're gonna be you already are such an incredible healer teacher and like this is just a tiny little window you know starting of being on the podcast and sharing your story it's just like you're here to do such incredible things Mm -hmm. and it's like first I believe the beginning is like figuring out healing yourself finding your purpose and then the next part of our journey is all about paying back serving serving and you can still be another thing too that I want to point out is like you can still be on your healing journey because I think we are until we exit. <laughs> yeah. So you can still be healing and serving. I love Don't that. think like, Thank you. you know, you can't just be waiting for one day that it's okay to begin yeah. or be happy. Yeah. You, it can be now. Yeah. You can be happy and have happy moments while you're healing. Because yeah. healing, like you said, there is no destination. We're focused on let's get the to journey. this trip let's get to this birthday and then you're rushing to get to there but you're missing out on the the magical and the miracles along the yes. way yeah and you're literally life is very very quick and it's like it's so short i i always say that i've been thinking that recent like a lot recently like we don't have much time here no so i think the time is now to decide to enjoy mm-hmm every moment that you can i mean even you know and embrace the pain whatever it is that comes up but mm-hmm. we don't we don't get very long we don't know when we're leaving 
Yeah. You know, so our higher self does. We've made the plan before we came here. Yes. But right now we don't. Exactly. We are just living. And yeah. so I think the message here is to live. Yes. No matter what you're going through. And I think Leah is the most incredible example Aww. of that. And I just, like, my heart is just always goes out to you. Like, you, you picked an incredibly challenging uh, life journey this yeah. time around. And you've done multiple lives. I will not, <clears throat> I can't say that you haven't, but wow. Yeah. You're just a strong woman. Yeah. And again, you. thank you. Yeah. And again, just like you said there, just remembering that we chose this, even as horrible as things can be and that you may be going through right in this moment. Um, yeah. It's like, a you know, a living hell. I didn't want to wake up from my dreams yeah. when I was first going through my accident because my dreams more, were more beautiful than what I was going through. Mm. I, I was waking up into a nightmare yeah. is what I felt wow. like every day yeah so it's uh just know for anyone watching that if you're currently going through that if it ever happens there is light at the end of the tunnel there always is and it, it likely may not even happen in the way that you even think it's going to happen but just trust that it is and it will all come to you yeah it will all come back Mm -hmm. that's so beautiful you're such a beautiful soul mm. you are no you are i'm so like i just love you so much you're amazing oh you're I such you. a shining light um i thought maybe we should end it on the oh, little yeah. message that came to you <clears throat> came to me last night i love it so it's so cool how things come full circle because i was like at the beginning of when Tiffany and I were doing the podcast, it's going to be like however many years ago, I wrote all these, everybody that I was manifesting to come on to the show and Leah's on this paper and it's so, such a cool thing to have like full circle. You're here. And your dad made me a little ramp yes. so I could get in because so I forgot cute. my ramp. So. Yes. And it it's amazing because like Leah completely independently just got herself here. She just strolled on down from her house. Yeah. Took however long, enjoying the beautiful scenery. It was and nice. Such a nice. I enjoyed trip. it. Actually, enjoy that time with by myself. And, yeah. And just like I was like, kind of looking at the houses. I'm like, oh, this is a neatly shaped house. I'll look yeah. at that one. Yeah. Like I was really finding enjoying the my time. Yeah. yeah. And it's like the fact that like you can eat the foods and the fact that you mm. you're focusing on what you can do. Yeah. Even though there's been these limitations, you yeah. can do so much. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And that's like, that's, I think, half of the battle of life is, yes, these other situations may be going on. But what can I do now? But what can I do now? And yeah. what am I grateful for now? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Okay, let's hear it. So, it, it starts out, it was just a little note that I made last night. It says, what is the meaning of life? Because I think we all ask ourselves that. Through on good days and bad days and even just philosophical days where we're like what is this all about anyways mm -hmm. um so i put i think life and the meaning of life is whatever we give meaning to or purpose therefore whatever we focus on is our reality and that is our life the meaning of life is whatever we give thought to and meaning to that's it a lot of it is unconscious 
but our whole experience is the thing we're focusing on and we have to realize that's what we're giving meaning to so and i think another little point of that is that you can give meaning to whatever you want that's right it's your your choice and you can actually decide how much meaning you give to something. That's the right. weight that you give something. Yeah. You don't have to focus on negative things. Or you could, but like it's your choice. It, it's your choice. And that is what you give meaning to, and that's life. That's right. That's your life. That's huge. Yeah. That's deep. I yeah. love it. So beautiful. Yeah. Okay, well, we are going to conclude this amazing episode. Thank and thank you so much for coming on the show. Tiffany and I are like I'm honored to have you on the show. I am honored. Thank you. Yes. And you will definitely be back. And absolutely, I'd love to do more so that Leah can share tips with teens mm -hmm. and things that we can go into a little bit deeper. With yeah. So if anyone ever has questions mm -hmm. um, or a focus of what I might be able to serve mm -hmm. or you come up with ideas and think you know mm -hmm. rewatch this and think of yeah. some things then we can definitely go there yeah we'll do that we'll definitely do an episode on some tips and tricks with like teens and like some really hard questions of like if this is going on what do you do yeah. you know how to approach and perspective to... yes it's huge for everybody yeah communication communication it's, it's it you got to communicate yeah awesome Okay, everybody, have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in to Raw Babes 101. Love you. Love you. Bye. What's up, you guys? Another episode listened, and I hope you resonated with that. It's a powerful one. <laughs> I'm all about songs. And yeah vibrancy and frequency well we have a few prompts guys yes. and let's prompt it up so it would be super dope if you choose to go to our apple podcast to rate and review this is really important for our podcast because it shows apple podcasts that we are loved and we're supported mm -hmm. and they like that they, our community they will promote our podcast more when more rate and reviews come in and i think this is really important because we have a really important message and it needs to reach the masses yeah so that's the point of that youtube you can also go to our youtube channel yes. and what do we want to what do we want to prompt them for our YouTube we would channel? really like you guys if you choose <laughs> to subscribe at like and comment this is important so we know we're leaning in the right direction and you're loving what we're putting out or love maybe that. there's something else that you'd like us to talk about and we would love to dive deep for you exactly our main handle you can reach us on instagram we're also on facebook we're on all the every platforms platform. but when you send us a message message through instagram we get it instantly and you will get an instant reply between Kristen and i always um now what's that oh we really would like you guys <laughs> to email us and we need your email address do you want to know why there's a do couple need... reasons why tiffany could you share why we need your email address okay the first thing is we want to hear your thoughts and feelings we find that within the circles that we've been doing the sharing and hearing people's thoughts has been so fucking powerful we want to hear it because again this gives us a 
a really good direction on what to talk about. I said direction really funny there. It was great. Direction. Direction. The other reason why we want your email is because we're up to some badass shit. And we are promoting strongly our circles. I am sorry that you do not live within the lower mainland, within the vicinity, if it's too far for you. Vancouver, BC, Maple Ridge. Woo! (laughs) But we are doing monthly circles. And if you would like us to travel to you, we will travel to you. That's the, this is the other part. This is outside of our monthly circles. So there's a reason to email us. For one, if you want us to host a circle for you, invite your friends, your family. Corporate events. Exactly. If it's a business, it does not matter. If you're in California and we need to fly to you, (laughs) we are on the jet, baby. 747. (laughs) The other reason to send us your email is because we are evolving so much as a business, as a partnership, our podcast. We're just doing so much work. So if you want the first know what the fuck we're doing, you're going to get an email from us first before anybody else gets to find out. So then you get first dibs. First dibs on the events, first dibs on what we have going on. And the thing that's incredible right now is we're putting out these circles and we haven't even been able to like promote them mm-hmm. and they're already sold out. Yes. So this isn't us coming from an egoic place. This is us actually saying, hey, it needs to be like first come, first serve. Here you go. Send out the email. Come. We want you there. And we're just trying to hold space for as many people as we possibly can. Yes. This work's really important and we're not living in the shadows anymore. Let's oh. let's dig deep and release. Rise and shine. Release and attract and manifest that shit. So Community. we love you guys so much. Yes. Thank you again for listening and supporting us on this endeavor as we want to support you because you are special, mm-hmm. you are beautiful, and you deserve all the happiness. And don't fucking forget it. Don't dim to fit in, bitches. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Bye. Bye.